Welcome to episode one of season three of the Faraway Friars podcast. Omar, how are you today? I am well. <clears throat> I just had some tacos. They were pretty good. What kind of tacos? They were tacos de carnitas. carnitas. They had, you know, salsa, cebolla, salt, mm, the, the whole thing. Mm. Amazing. That's nice. I want to get some carne asada later. Speaking of carne asada and carnitas and Mexican dishes, Team Mexico, we both root for in international sports. They had a very good run in the World Baseball Classic. I think they did pretty well. I think it's pretty much a general consensus that they did pretty well given um, how, they, how well they played against Japan. Of course, the World Baseball Classic, as of recording, has just finished up a few days ago with Japan beating the United States with Shohei Lutani striking out Mike Trout. I want to ask you how you felt about the World Baseball Classic, how you felt about the tourney, and Mexico and everything. So regarding the, the whole tournament as a whole, I think it was generally like one of the coolest things to like watch mm -hmm. as like a baseball fan. Or even just like a you know, someone who just enjoys watching sports in general. It was pretty cool seeing like everybody just like come together and, you know, root for their nations, you know, like like the world the World Cup obviously is like, you know, the the better one, the more popular one of this, but just seeing it for baseball and seeing all these baseball players who normally wouldn't face each other face each other, a la Mike Trout versus Shoei Otani. Or, you know, even like play on the same team, like the entire US team was made of like all stars from every team. It was just mm -hmm. pretty cool. Regarding Team Mexico, I don't remember what I thought they would do. I I predicted them second in pool play, I believe. And they and they and they topped their group, which is crazy. And then they just had an amazing run towards uh the semifinal where they obviously lost to Team Japan who would go on to win. But regarding that, I still feel like very successful tournament for Mexico. This was I think I, I think I mentioned this in our in our Discord. Uh they this is their highest placement in the WBC ever, which is really cool to see. Also, for either of our lifetimes, it's the only time Mexico has won a knockout round <laughs> if you're talking about the World Baseball Classic or the World Cup. Mexico has not won true. a single knockout round, I believe, since nineteen seventy six. Uh, one of the times that they themselves were hosting it way back before either of us were born, the soccer team always underperforms on the biggest stage outside of the Olympic team that actually did win once a uh, gold medal. But talking baseball, 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 I think Mexico overperformed their expectations, which, you know, makes me very happy looking forward to seeing what could come of Team Mexico in the future. Obviously, Randy Rosarena was the star of the show. Every time he caught a fly ball, it was just like the cameras were all over him. He did a pose. He made some great plays in the outfield. He made mm -hmm. some great plays at the at the bat as well. But it, it was crazy that he was, you know, he was such a star, I guess, uh, for Team Mexico. And that's a great story. For the World Baseball Classic, I only have one negative, which is I feel towards all of our Angels uh, fan brothers and sisters, <laughs> because as soon as, you know, that game completed, as soon as the final completed, I started seeing all these columns and I saw, you know, 
uh, Shannon and Skip, you know, the, the, the guys from ESPN or whatever, yeah, they're like, oh, we need, right. to, we need to get these guys off the Angels, you know, da, 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 da. this is what Shohei Otani <laughs> looks like when he's on a big stage. Mike Trout needs to be healthy. You know, they were, they were all dissing the Angels. Everybody was dissing the Angels, like, oh, look, this is what these guys look like when they're actually playing meaningful games. <laughs> and as, as Padres fans, we've been there. So I, I want to shout out to the Angels. I hope you, you guys, your fans are doing okay. <laughs> you do have two of the best players in the world, and um, I, I do hope they do well based on uh, you know just right now. <laughs> the joke that got very old very quickly was uh, that mm-hmm. I saw, wow, Shoei Otani versus Mike Trout. Wouldn't it be crazy if these two guys played on the same team? <laughs> <laughs> very much so. Um there were some Padres, of course, that played in the tournament all all over the tournament. Um, I know Ha Sung Kim played pretty well for Korea when they were in group play. I know Manny and Soto both had very meaningful, and I both I think they both hit home runs while they were on uh, the Dominican Republic. Of course, lost to Puerto Rico. Um, they they had good outings. Padres pitching had some questionable outings. I will say, Nick Martinez. Didn't play well. He pitched for Team USA against Mexico, and he did not do very well. People were a little bit upset with you, Darvish, not doing quite so well in the final game. He pitched the eighth inning and gave up a home run. There was a story going around today where it said that Darvish was more so acting like as a coach in the bullpen. I'm not sure if you saw that to the younger Japanese pitchers. And he was more focused, I guess, on trying to make sure that all the guys were kind of psyched up and ready to go against MLB pitchers. And he was like taking a leadership role, which is great and kind of nullifies any worries as a Padre fan you might have. There is speculation that he's going to be missing the first one to three starts of the season. He's not going to be quite ready for a full um, outing yet. And I don't think that's necessarily a problem. But how do you feel about the Padres that were in the tournament? Um, brief aside, did you mention Xander Bogarts? I did not mention Xander Bogarts. I I didn't notice his stats on the Netherlands. I didn't peek at that. Go ahead. Oh, um, Xander Bogarts did pretty well with the Netherlands. He, I think he got a got a few RBIs. I think he even got a homer. But obviously, Netherlands were uh, nullified in group play in that crazy. Mm-hmm. To to tie that everybody has, <laughs> uh, but but anyways, uh, regarding yeah. the Padres as a whole, um, position player wise, very good, very exciting to see, especially from uh, Manny and Soto. You know, yeah. th- those two you'd obviously want to be at like firing at, at all cylinders come the season. Pitching wise, um, yeah, a tad bit disappointing. Uh, I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but. Uh, early in the week, but Nick Martinez left Team USA early to return back to the Padres for spring training. Okay. Because I I know he was in that Mexico game, but I didn't see him after that. So he left right after that Mexico game. Yes. I I guess for the best, he wasn't wasn't in tip-top shape then, I would would assume. Um, I I think it was a last-minute decision to be in the tournament. I think I I mentioned that he originally was going to be on Team USA, then he wasn't, and then he was again. So, yeah, you Darvish. Um, I know I predicted you Darvish to get all most strikeouts, 
And obviously, <laughs> oh, oh, the predictions I made, oh, they were bad. Um, <laughs> but I think it's cool that he wanted to take a, a leadership role with Team Japan, especially yeah. since you know, like it, it to like obviously Team Japan relied on Shobi Otani, but they also yeah. have like they don't just have Otani and Darvish; they have guys from from the NPB. There is one guy who I believe is in the Cubs system, Sazaki. I believe mm-hmm. he pitched versus Team Mexico. He was good. You know, so like he, there, those two are not the only guys there. So I can I can understand you, Darvish, taking on that leadership role, and obviously it panned out well for them. Yeah, I think um, I noticed that somebody was saying it was probably Darvish's last chance at the World Baseball Classic, so he really wanted to have that role, and I I completely agree with it. Japan has great baseball players. We knew this. They were, I believe, one of the favorites. USA and Japan was the favorite going in, but it was it was great to see, you know, so many different players. Just to to our loyal listeners, just to look at our prop bets. I did have Japan winning the World Baseball Classic, so I won that one. Omar, you had the Dominican Republic. Oh uh, man, uh, who did the they who did they lose to? I believe Puerto they Rico. Lost to, right? They lost to Puerto Rico. Who lost? Who then lost to Team Mexico? Yeah, that's crazy. Yes. Uh, Puerto Rico versus Dominican Republic was an amazing game to watch as a neutral fan because it was in Miami and there was a ton of people, you know, on rooting for either side. And I saw a really terrible comment, a uh, really funny terrible comment. Uh, talking about wow there's so many baseball fans in miami something of that nature if only they could get an mlb team (laughs) how do we get how do we get the marlins here with all these fans uh oh that reminds i made a joke to a friend uh after the world baseball classic he was like oh tani can't wait for him to be a future met i'm like what do you mean future met he's gonna be a future marlin he won a trophy in that stadium (laughs) i mean if anything it shows you that you know Marlins fans catching strays here but there there are a lot of people that would love baseball if i think they had a product that they could really believe in i think as a padres fan i can understand the plight of their fan base because they've had two very small blips and then besides that a lot of cheap ownership and fire sales if they had a sustained thing kind of like what the padres are doing now I think they would be fine attendance-wise. I think they would be able to get it. Um, really quick, the most home runs, you had Flag Guerrero Jr. I had Munetaka Murakami. Uh, Ray Vlad, Turner. Vlad, Guerrero go, Vlad Guerrero pulled out of the tournament before he even started. <laughs> I, when I saw that, I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a big miss for you. And oh, Murakami had a terrible um, start to the tournament. He had terrible stats in uh, group play, and it was, it was not going well for him. Of course, it happens to be that his first big moment of the tournament is against Team Mexico as he knocked in the game-winning run to win the uh, game against that's, Mexico. It's your fault. I got and you. Then, <laughs> and then against Team USA in the final, I believe he hit a home run. So he, he did get one home run, I believe. Um, Trey Turner, though, was great for Team USA. He also hit a home run in that finals. He had um, five home runs. He had five home runs he led. You had Yu Darvish leading in strikeouts. I had Sandy Alcantara. I don't know how either of those did, but Miguel Romero was the answer for Cuba. 
they he led in strikeouts with 13 for the tourney. Yes. That's that's where our prop bets are. So I have a 1-0 lead on the prop bets <laughs> going into the MLB season. The World Baseball Classic stuff over. We're going to talk about the Padres now on the Faraway Friars podcast. There were a lot of really big things that happened to the Padres. I'm going to do them in order of, I think, what would be, you know, least to most important. We had some signings with uh, Michael Waka. He's on a one-year deal. He will be in the rotation as, like, the fifth starter. He's split up a little bit because of some injuries right now. He's a little bit higher on that rotation just right now. Nelson Cruz, of course, former manager. Now Nelson Cruz is now on a one-year deal. And, you know, anything we can get from him would be great, even from also a leadership standpoint now. The big things for the Padres, though, were the re-signings of Yu Darvish for six more years. And then, of course, Manny fucking Machado for the Padres for 11 more years. He was certainly, in almost everybody's opinion, going to opt out of the five-year, you know, he had the player option. And the Padres did not let him get to that point where he could opt out. And they just re-signed him for 11 years. And it's like, Jesus Christ, that is a long time. But it proves that, you know, ownership's money's where their mouth is. And it proves their intention to keep Manny for the rest of his career. Speaking of 11 years, we got Xander Bogarts, another shortstop, of course. Where are we going to put all the shortstops? That was the question of the whole offseason from December 9th, the moment that the Padres signed him. Also to 11 years. So. What is your first takeaway from some of these things that happened, Omar? I don't know what I expected at the beginning of the offseason. So, so like, the, the common joke of AJ Preller, nothing but respect, is that he goes on a cocaine binge and just signs everybody <laughs> under the sun. That's that's yeah. a joke, and I, it's funny, but when it, when it actually happens, like, damn. You know, I remember when mm-hmm. I first started rooting for the Padres in 2020, that the off season after that, you know, when they signed Darvish, Snell, they signed Tatis, who was contract and everything, mm-hmm. it's just like, damn, like we're going all in. Now it's like that. All that happened in that season is like, uh, like it it looks smaller in comparison to what happened this year. And we and Preller arguably isn't done yet. <laughs> There's only seven days left to opening day. He can make one more move. I doubt it. But I think what he, what we've done right now is pretty good, just overall. There was that story going around where they offered Judge $400 million of the offseason. I forgot about that. <laughs> and Judge declined it. Obviously, that money is the same money that went to Bogarts. They weren't going to sign both of them, I don't think. Um, but <laughs> you, you say... Um, <laughs> But it's just crazy how willing this ownership is uh, to go ahead and spend. And really, if you look at the big boppers that the Padres have, the big guys, there's literally only one question now, and that's Soto. Uh, You know, whether he's going to be on a long-term deal, but now you almost feel like it's a given because if you're going to spend all this money for all these other guys, then you'll probably try your best to give Soto what he what he wants to, you know? You're you're already going all in. Why would you 
not cheap out, but why would you not pay this one player? Obviously, it certainly matters what happens this year, but I, that's what I think. But there is also a question of, you know, Darvish is an older player already. He's got six more years. Manny is over 30. He's got 11 years. Bogart's a little bit younger than both of those guys, but 11 years is a very long time. This could really blow up in the Padres' faces when they're all locked up till 40. Do you, How much of an issue do you think that is? Right now, very minimal. Because, mm-hmm. like, it, it's 10 years from now, bro. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh but 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 for real though uh i can imagine i understand the concern but mm. at the same time it's like like flashback again like 10 years from now what did the padres look like you know mm. no one is no one is left you know we just had will myers our longest tenured player leave yeah like the team is completely different now so it's just like 10 years from now these same players will be on the same time same team still I don't know. That, that's pretty hype compared to what the Padres have been in the past. You know, I like I understand, you know, like they'll get old, but also like baseball I, in baseball. I feel like that's the one sport you can be old in and still do still do. OK, like, I mean, look at uh, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander aging gracefully. Verlander won a Cy Young last year, obviously. So I don't know. It could pan out. It could not. We'll see. I've talked to you before about this, but I think it really emphasizes that the Padres have a window. But I really don't think it's an 11-year window. I think anybody to think of that would would be insane. I think it's like a four- to five-year window at best when you have you know so many of these older guys because the chances of them getting injured just goes up. You know, the chances of them not being able to play the whole season goes up and you know, a natural decline of how good they would be. I would say that ownership is like putting their money out there saying, we're going to go for it and we need to win at least one World Series. I think that's what would what San Diego fans would want, at least one World Series. And if we can do that, then, you know, the last three or four years of Tatis, Machado, Darvish, and... You know, Bogarts, and I don't think those will hurt if you already win the World Series. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, look at teams who, you know, had that one blip of success winning a World Series, and now they're garbage. Mm-hmm. Picking, the, picking a team at random, the Royals, you know, 2014, yeah. 2015, arguably one of the best teams in, the inter- in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they're shit. <laughs> Completely honest. But, you know, hey, they still have the World Series to hang their head up on. Upon. Same with, like, the Cubs, the Nationals. Um, dare I say it, the Dodgers maybe, but I don't want to jinx it. I don't think – I think the Dodgers would be a bad comparison because the Dodgers were in the playoffs every single year for, like, a decade. So it feels True. less like that. The Royals are a lot closer of a comparison because they, they had, like, two years where they were literally on top and – you know, there was a little bit of buildup besides that, but it was like literally kind of two years. Um, the only the only negative comparison I would say is, yes, be the Royals, be the Cubs, <laughs> be one of these guys. But then my counter argument as a canary in the coal mind would be don't be the Orioles or the Pirates. Um, mm. If you remember, this was a little bit before maybe you started watching baseball so much. But the Orioles were a team that lost to the Royals in the ALCS 
and my dad is a huge Oriole fan. I watched a lot of those playoff games with him. They had some good players like Adam Jones. Um, Chris Davis was actually good back then. Um, they had some other really good players, and you know, Buck Show Walter was their manager, and he was pretty good as a manager. The team was pretty good, but they didn't make it. And so now you look back at those years kind of fondly, but it's like, ah, my dad is still upset about it. Like, ah, they lost to the damn Royals. The Pirates had Andrew McCutcheon. They had some other guys as well that were all pretty good. And for the Pirates, they, I think they made the NLDS at least. They, they like played in a bunch of wild card games in a row in the NL. And they just never made the hump. And now they're shit again. They've been shit for the last like five years. And there's nothing really to hang their hats on with that. The Padres, of course, just made the NLCS for the first time since 1998. They just beat the Dodgers in the playoffs. So everything is high right now, but you can't let this be the high point, you know? Gotta gotta push further. Yeah, absolutely agree. So we're looking at the Padres lineups right now. There are some little notes here. Juan Soto, day-to-day. They said it's, you know... Um, an oblique injury, but it's a minor oblique injury. Hopefully that's nothing to worry about. Austin Ola was hit in the nose, so hopefully he's okay. Um, Joe Musgrove had an injury in workouts with his toe, but he's apparently doing really well, but he's not going to be ready for game one. So there are some things to look at. Um, Of course, you have Snell is probably the day one opening starter. Uh, you have Waka, you have Martinez, Seth Lugo. So I wouldn't say that the rotation looks great until Darvish and Musgrove are back in there to kind of like, you know, shore it up and be the guys that they were last year, hopefully. But the lineup, of course, looks pretty good, especially once you get Tatis in there. Tatis is suspended for the first 20 games of the season. Then he'll be able to go. He's looked pretty good in spring training so far. How do you feel about the Padres' lineup going into this season, assuming that these injuries are not, you know, catastrophic, assuming what we have here right now? What would you grade the Padres on with their lineup? For the lineup? Honest? Mm-hmm. Honest to God? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd give them an A. A solid A. Pretty like like think about think about last year when like mm-hmm. all the like you know Tatis was injured, um the rotation at the time a bit suspect, mm-hmm. and then you know we we still we didn't have Soto at the time we didn't have Xander Burgos either so it was kind of like you know the outfield at le- very least was like put it together and hoping for the best sort of thing the infield I felt was fine but compared comparing last year to this year this year is definitely a lot more comparing this year to like let's say uh two years ago. Uh, 2021. I'd argue that's also better. I I think this lineup could definitely turn some heads, uh, especially when we're fully healthy. Like once we get Tatis, mm-hmm. we'll just have to see. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree. An A is probably the way I would put it too. I'm trying to think of what would make the the lineup an A plus, and I'm I'm kind of thinking maybe. Um, it depends on how good they are defensively, because that would be the question mark for for me. Because you have Tatis going in the outfield once he becomes healthy. 
You have Bogarts, I think, does not have the best rapport as an actual defender at shortstop. I I trust Jake at first base. I, tru- I trust uh, Hassan Kim at second base. And, of course, Manny at third. But I'm not entirely sure about the outfield outside of center field. I'm not entirely sure about shortstop um, defensively. So I think it'll, I'll have to see a little bit defensively before I would give it an A+. Plus, you know? Yeah, that's a great. As far as starting pitching, what would you grade the Padres? Hmm. Uh, so let's see. So our rotation is very likely Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, Martinez, and Waka or Lugo, right? Right now, it's Waka and Lugo. But if you assume that Musgrove and Darvish are healthy. Lugo's probably going to be bumped back to six, and Martinez would be the five. So yeah. you'd have Waka, Martinez, and Lugo being kind of like four, five, six. I'd I'd say B plus because I think the the top half of rotation is very good. Uh, you Darvish, Joe Musgrove obviously have very good rapport with the Padres. Blake Snell mm-hmm. he tends to have like. A, a difficult start to the season as we've seen the last two seasons, but then really turns mm-hmm. it on as we get to the second half. So I think mm-hmm. once we get to that, yeah, he'll definitely, you know, the rotation will definitely be better. Mm-hmm. Nick Martinez, he didn't have a good showing at the WBC, but he did have a good showing last year. So I'm kind of hoping the WC was just like him still get like loosening out his stuff for the season. And then once the season starts, he'll be good to go. I don't know how to feel about Waka or Lugo. Personally, I don't really know much of Waka. Lugo, I know former former Met, I believe, but I'm not sure how well he did with them. So I, don't, I think the top half of rotation, very solid. Bottom half might might be suspect. I, I'm going to give them a B- right now. Because I think they have the potential to be very good. But at the same time, there's a lot of question marks with the starting rotation that I don't have with the lineup, even with Tatis not there yet. Because Darvish is still ramping up. Snell usually doesn't start off seasons very well, like you just mentioned. Musgrove is injured. And those are the best three pitchers the Padres have. Martinez didn't have a great showing. Waka and Lugo, I'm not expecting much from them. So I think the starting pitching is going to very greatly determine whether or not the Padres kind of keep up with the Dodgers at the very beginning of the year, or whether, you know, they kind of start slow out the gate in April, uh, May, and, you know, such. So I'm going to give them a B minus. I hope, obviously, that once show and some of these guys come in that they hit the ground running a little bit but that's why i'm going to give them how do you feel about the bullpen mm, the padres uh, still of course have hater uh, suarez garcia chris matt tim hill a lot of the same names from last year just from what i'm seeing here i think very very solid i'd give them I don't want to say B plus either. I'd give him a B, just because we have we have like some excellent players. Josh Hader, obviously Robert Soares, did very good. Got extended, have so and you know 
disregarding the like um how do i say this the the late inning uh people you know Nabil Christmat, Tim Hill, very re- very reliable pitchers. So I think overall, I'd give it a B. I I agree with you there. B is a good answer. Um, Hater, I'm not entirely sure um, what a full season will look like from him. I know last season, the Padres, of course, he he saved us from from Rogers, and that the trade went very well. It was shaky right when the Padres got him, but of course it turned out very well for the Padres. I wonder what a full season is going to be like for him um, in a Padres uniform. I hope he does well. I think a B is good. I'm glad that the Padres kept Suarez. And if Suarez does very well and Hayter's very strong, the Padres could have one of the best bullpens, at least in the National League, in my opinion. Now, there was a Reddit thread recently Will the Padres exceed expectations, or why won't they? And Totes Gnar Gnar on Reddit, Totes Narnar, I think it's actually pronounced, says, quote, I'm worried about Tatis. He's rusty. If the team starts hot and he comes in with a rough couple months, what's that going to do? I'm assuming for his psyche and for, you know, where Bob Melvin plays him. The lineup should be able to handle it. And he will be here fairly early in the season, but this team has had issues with mid-season replacements. How do you feel about that, Omar? Very valid overall. Um, I, I I definitely vibe with the the Tatis comment and then the <laughs> the mid-season replacement comment as well. Um, mm-hmm. Regarding Tatis, he's doing he's doing pretty well in spring training, but obviously he's going to miss twenty games. So you know, yeah. Let's so it, like a scenario either the team is like. I don't know, like undefeated, and then he comes in, and then they suddenly start losing because he cannot adjust, or maybe maybe it's flipped. You know, the team is losing, he comes in, they're suddenly winning again. You know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. I think I don't expect Tatis to do amazing at the start, but I definitely expect them to kind of um, carry his own weight, if you will, especially regarding the other people in the lineup too. Regarding midseason replacements, uh, it, you know, it, if you look back only two years ago, we had the whole fiasco of the the Max Scherzer trade that ultimately didn't pan out for the Dodgers, <laughs> which I can revile in. But also, you know, it was a pretty big blow mm-hmm. to our ego back then. Yeah. Uh, but then you look at last year, you know, with the Soto trade, which you now you could argue Soto didn't do well to start mm-hmm. off his Padres career, but at the same time, you know, getting Juan Soto is still, like, a big plus. So I think we'll we'll have to see how we do in regards to midseason replacements. I expect us to probably make one signing, big signing, if we do. But, you know, we'll just have to see what exactly we need at that point. Probably pitching, but we'll see. The thing is, with Soto, I think Manny got much better. Even though Soto was struggling, people were still kind of honoring Solo, Soto excuse me, being in the lineup. And one thing I want to know is how the Padres lineup, how people pitch to them when you have a lineup going, I believe, Tatis, Bogarts, Manny, and Soto, like, all back-to-back like that, because you have to pitch to everybody. You can't just put them all on base. You can't, you know... Just walk everybody. So I think all of them should do better when they're all playing well together, if that mean, if that makes sense. Like, you don't have just one star that you can kind of pitch around. 
And it will be very interesting. I do think eventually, of course, Soto is going to have to have his numbers be pretty good uh, for the season in a Padres uniform for them to keep honoring that. I don't think that'll be a problem. We saw him have some big playoff moments, and we saw him have some big World Baseball Classic moments. So I think it was just an adjustment period that he had at the end of last season. So I I do think it'll be good. We shouldn't have anything to worry about as far as watching Padres hit. So I think we're in a good spot there. Now, our first prop bet of the official 2023 season, Omar, I asked you this before we started. How many games will the San Diego Padres win in 2023? Hmm, okay. Uh, I'll let you answer this one first, because I'm curious about what you <laughs> Okay. So last season, for just a little bit of context, the Padres made the playoffs with 89 wins. They had an 89-73 and 73 record. There were several teams with 100 wins. Um, of course, they weren't quite there. I think the Padres will get 95 wins this year. Okay. Uh, brief aside, are we including division placements or not today? We could do division placements too. I'll say 95 is second place still in the West. Okay. Okay, so so you're just like me being skeptical, skeptical if we can beat the Dodgers in division play. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm... Um, I had a friend tell me he expects mm-hmm. the Padres to win the division. Okay, I, I'm I'm skeptical about that. I'm gonna be real because like I know better than to assume the Dodgers are dead. <laughs> they have had this, some injury history. They have, uh, they have yeah. had some injuries right now with Lux and things of that nature. But we'll talk more about them next time. Go on. I'm gonna say we didn't quite reach 90 last year, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna. Say we get ninety wins. You can say ninety on the dot. Yes, and, and is that second, second in in the NLS? Yes. Okay. See, I'm thinking my ninety-five. I think the Dodgers do fall off a little bit. They won 111 games last year, so that's just normal for a team not to be able to do that twice in a row. I think the Dodgers get like 97 or 98 wins. The Padres get 95, so it's like one of those things where you're in the division hunt the whole season, but just not quite there. Um, your 90 wins, I would assume that would mean the Dodgers probably get 100, or you know, something I wouldn't of that say, nature. I wouldn't say they would get 100, but I'd say definitely they'd get like around 97. Yeah, there would be at least a gap between the Padres and Dodgers. I'm assuming. Yeah, if if, that's if just they get 90, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's a bad idea there. So we'll look back on that, of course, um, when the season ends, like we did last year. A brief look at opening day. The Padres will start off the season at home against the Rockies on March 30th. It's a 1 p.m. start. They play three versus Colorado, then two versus Arizona. All five of those games, again, are at home uh, before they play some other teams like the Braves, I believe, right after on the road. Ooh, that's going to be fun. That will be fun. I think they play a few different NL East teams after that on the road. So how do you feel about the Padres, uh, you know, going into the opening day? Any any last comments about the Padres you want to get out there, Omar? I hate playing the Rockies. I really do. <laughs> like, playing the Dodgers, it's always like... Mm-hmm. 
you know, last year it was always like, you know, uh, it's going to be sad. Uh, playing yeah. the playing the the Rocky, not the Rockies, playing the the Diamondbacks was really fun last year because we won a lot. <laughs> Ignoring the opening day uh, walk off, but we're not gonna talk about that. Uh, yeah. The Giants playing them last year was very nice. The Rockies, I hated playing the Rockies last year. It mm-hmm. we should have beat them, we but we never could. So I'm I'm a bit nervous, but I feel like if we can just like get on top of them right away, then we should be fine. And obviously, and if if we lose the series versus Colorado, we can be Arizona, which will be nice. <laughs> the Rockies have this thing where I'm not sure if it's due to the weather and like how their stadium is, but they have this thing where they go and begin every season really well, and then they just fall right off. So you know, you talk about like trap games in in sports. I almost feel like this is a trap series for the Padres because, like, again, you're starting pitching not ready to go. The Rockies usually start off the season really well. And the Padres, their fans included, us included, very hype about the season. Very, you know, expecting the World Series or bust with this season. We got Xander Bogarts. We're keeping Manny. And then we get fucking swept by Colorado to start. No. <laughs> I just hope those uh, first two game, first two series is five games. I hope the Padres go at least three and two. You know? going into that NL East uh, set afterwards. Um, but I, I don't think that'll be too much of an issue. The Rockies and Diamondbacks do not scare me. But for whatever reason, the Rockies have had the Padres number, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In any case, I hope that you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Far Away Friars podcast. Again, my name is Beso, and I've been joined here with Omar, and we've had a great time talking baseball again here talking world baseball classic it's really helped ease us into this season we'll be back in a few weeks to talk about the mlb as a whole and what we expect from the the entire league as a whole as well as looking at how the padres have started the season but i want to thank you guys for listening to this episode of the far away friars podcast omar do you have anything else to let the listeners know if you can grab some tacos some tacos would hit right now. That's all I'm saying. Go Padres. I think I'm going to go get some tacos now. Anyway, if you're San Diego at home or San Diego at heart, I want to thank you for being with us for the start of season three. And go Padres. I hope 2023 goes well. See you guys soon.